Welcome to the Business Made Me Do It podcast, where we cover marketing, business, and overall growth. Here's your host, Caleb Shore. Welcome to the Business Made Me Do It podcast, where we cover business, marketing, and overall growth. This can be growth as a person or growth in your business. I am your host, Caleb Shore. As you heard in the intro, I co-founded Conversion Stream, a digital advertising agency built for small local businesses. Today on the podcast, we have Jimmy Coleman, the founder of Grow and Give and Lead Baller, where him and his team help generate up to 20 leads a day from his custom LinkedIn outreach method. He also has generated over $2 million worth in his first year at a startup he partnered with. Jimmy, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Wonderful, man. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, of course. So, um, gave a little intro about you. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, where you came from, uh, your up, upbringing, who you were in high school slash college, so on and so forth. Yeah, who I was in, in high school, uh, definitely, people definitely probably wouldn't have predicted me to, to be on the path that I'm on now. Um, I, I just struggled a lot and um, learned very differently than, than most people do traditionally. And so, because of that, um, it was a constant conversation of, you know, what's, what's wrong with Jimmy? <laughs> like, why is he working as hard as everyone else, but uh, not able to figure things out? And uh, I just really kind of felt like I, I wasn't going to be uh, really amounting to much of anything. Um, when I graduated uh, at the time, I just wanted to make the least amount of money possible that was required in order to just be able to provide for my future family. And, you know, that's how I thought the world worked and everything. So, um, my mind eventually changed. Um, I actually got a job over that summer selling Cutco knives and, um, I was actually pretty good at it. What's, what's funny is the Val Victorian of the school I went to, he also started the same time that I did and I, I beat him. I beat everyone in my office. I started breaking, uh, some, some national records and, um, and then school started again. And, uh, I went from having so much fun working working really hard and being celebrated. And, uh, like I was working so hard, I was forgetting to eat. And then I got sat back down in the classroom and we were talking about the most random things in the world. Like you tend to do in school. Uh, at the time, I think we we're talking about the history of baseball. Uh, I was like, what, what am I still doing? Uh, what am I doing here? Cause I, I just got tired of, you know, the lecture format and everything. And so, um, I just felt, I saw it was so obvious the contrast of energy from, doing something I was passionate about to sitting in a desk. And so I, uh, I, I actually like when other people tell me they dropped out of college, I like, um, I tell them I, I probably beat them cause I, I dropped out, uh, after two weeks and, uh, and just went full time, you know, selling, selling knives, which, uh, probably, um, you know, made my parents a little worried at first, but um, eventually ran one of the top offices in the company and, and built a, one of the top sales teams and stuff like that. So that's how I got on the path of, of you know, thinking. That's what like baptized me in the business and marketing world and uh, made me fearless about hearing the word no. Um, got my brain thinking of strategies on, on how to uh, gain success in a way that's you know, maybe different than how other people are doing it and uh, just, just really uh, tap into what I'm capable of. So, so that's, that's how, that's how the journey started to happen where I went from just really thinking I wouldn't amount to much to all of a sudden feeling like I had a superpower. And, uh, and now it's, it's a huge weapon for me today. Yeah. Do you think, do you think having a 
sales job right out of high school or college uh, is beneficial? 100%. Yeah. Like I don't want really someone to sell for me if they haven't done one of those like, you know, like, like horrible sales jobs. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> if you haven't like knocked on doors yes. or like sold mattresses or like something, something like that, where you are just being looked at like a vendor to everyone. And, uh, then, then like you, you probably won't be that great of a salesperson. You have to like, to me, I think you have to start. You cut out there for a second, Jimmy. I, so most of my audience knows a little bit about me. I started in sales right out of, um, right out of college, uh, played professional baseball overseas for a year and then went directly into selling mattresses. Um, funny, funny. You say that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know I, that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I worked at Ashley furniture. It was, it was about two and a half years, worked my way up, same, same kind of concept. You know, my friends were making money in sales. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty good at talking to people. Let me go, let me go work there. So, um, yeah, made it, made a, you know, a decent amount of money for being 20, 22 years old. Um, and then obviously got kind of burnt out of that. So I always preach, this is kind of, this is really random, but I think everybody should have, be required to have a sales job whenever they, whenever they leave school, may it be high school, college or graduate program, whatever it may be, because sales is such an integral part on, on literally everything you do. Um, even like being a doctor, a nurse, whatever it is in the medical field, you still need some aspect of sales. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool that you said that as well. Random question. What's your favorite book or podcast that you're listening to right now? Favorite podcast is easy. How I built this is my favorite. I've, I've, I just finished actually like every episode they've ever done, which is impressive because they've done one like every single week since I think 2017. I'm, I, I love that podcast and, and it's worth mentioning why too, like that, uh, you get to hear people who are doing business at a very high level. I think sometimes we get stuck, um, um, comparing ourselves to people who are at six figures and just entered seven figures, which, you know, congrats to those people. I think it's really important to celebrate that. But if you can program, program your brain, to, um, they, they talk about how, uh, you know, being around, you know, the, the closest five friends, you turn into those people. It's the same thing for what you're listening and you're reading. And so, um, you know, you hear people who are just left and right selling their businesses for, uh, for nine figures and stuff, you know, this boom chicka pop popcorn that you can buy at like, um, Costco and, and Trader Joe's. <laughs> Most people I even talked to, like I know that popcorn, most people have never even heard of it, but that's like, that was started by a mom and pop little operation. They bought a little corn kettle thing and they sold that company for $250 million, you know? And so it just started off like this innocent project to help them pay for their kids' college. And so you get to hear just how people are doing business at a really high level and, and break down and, and uh, you get to hear about how if this like random life occurrence didn't happen, that one guy didn't walk through the door and answer their prayers, that these significant companies that most of us know the names of wouldn't, would not have lasted. And it's so cool to hear that. So it prepares you as a CEO and as a entrepreneur that when all these unexpected things are coming your way, you just know that that it's part of the process and you roll the punches. So, um, that was, that was my pitch on how I built this podcast. And then um, as far as books go, I mean, I, so I, I found out I'm also dyslexic. However, 
love audiobooks. I have uh, have a subscription to Audible, and uh, one of the things I'm reading right now is called Blitz Scaling. Um, it was written by one of the founders of LinkedIn. Actually, uh, it talks about how you know, most of us scale a business to in a way that we we're not rocking the boat too much. But this talks about how to grow a company that uh, it grows so fast that it um, your competition can't keep up. They don't even know what just happened, um, and the big guys can't squash you in the process. So. Um, Really, uh, really cool book I'm reading right now, but I, I can do book recommendations all day too. Yeah, same, same. There's so, so many good ones out there, man. Uh, it, it's crazy. Same, same thing with podcasts. Like I have mm-hmm. two or three that I listen to a decent amount, but there's so many out there. So yeah, man, um, another question for you. So actually, let's take a step back. Um, where can people go to find out more about you and what you're doing with, uh, with your companies? Yeah. I mean, people can look up Jimmy Coleman on LinkedIn. I'm usually one of the first people to show up. Uh, also you can, uh, just go to leadballer.com. I'm not sure if there's, there's a visual for everybody, but leadballer, <laughs> leadballer.com, uh, <laughs> is where people can learn more about what it is that we do. Okay. Biggest failure in the past year. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Biggest failure in the past year. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's areas that we could have spent better money on. Um, I think, I think it's, it, there wasn't like a big one, but the, what, what happened a lot the past year is um, trying to figure out the right way to package our solution. <clears throat> so last year, all we ever did was teach people our solution. Uh, like the way that we generate leads. Like I'm happy to go through that strategy strategy today. The problem is that most people that listen to it, even if, even if they pay for it, but especially the people that get it for free, they don't do anything with the information. And so uh, even if it's like the golden path to them accomplishing their dreams and goals, they don't typically listen to it. Um, and I, that means that I have to either have to be a better coach um, or, or I just blame them or something, but, or, or I just need to, find a way to get it done for them. Uh, and the fact is I realized I don't want to be a better coach. I don't want to, you know, talk about your, your daddy issues in order to get you to implement <laughs> my marketing strategy. I'd rather ju- you just do it. Right. So, so last year it was a lot of, um, there was a lot of pain that I went through because I didn't realize that it's kind of the, um, it's just what the norm in the consulting and coaching industry that eight out of 10 people that pay for your information aren't going to end up implementing any of it, even if they pay for it. And, uh, and you know, some people, you know, can live with that, but like, I really, I really just couldn't. And so, um, last year there's a lot of people who, um, you know, we, we, uh, like the two out of 10 people that did implement it, like we had people who had six figure businesses two weeks later, they implement our stuff and they doubled the size of their company. And like, that's awesome. But I think that it took me a really long time to find a way to, um, to help people in the way that I could control, I could help them. I could help guarantee that they had the best of getting success from, uh, from hiring us to help them. So we figured that out now and that's just finding a way to do it for them in a very scalable way. Um, but yeah, it took a long time to figure that out and a lot of blood, sweat and tears. So that was just kind of like an ongoing failure that we were continuing to adjust with uh, all of last year. We did random things from courses, retreats to all kinds of things. So it was just an ongoing failure that, uh, that we eventually, um, 
you know, uh, repackaged and, and, and figured out. Yeah. So essentially you had kind of, we struggle with this too, um, even to this day with pricing and packaging and are we charging too sure. much? Are, are we charging too little? Um, so from your experience, the, the best kind of option is the done for you service versus the done with you service. Is that right? For me, here's the thing. Like there, <clears throat> there are personal trainers. Let's, let's use them as the example. Um, like fitness trainers, they all look really good. They all have like six pack abs and everything and a, and a body that most people would desire. Uh, the difference is that some of them are much better at helping you um, recreate your life habits to make you look like the way that, that they do, right? And others are not, other, other trainers just look good and are not good at helping you with that, right? They don't, the ones that do want to help you with your daddy issues to help you fix the actual problem, um, they're the ones, like the ones that obsess over that, like Tony Robbins is obsessed with finding out like what is going to make you take action, what's going to make you tick, what, what makes you tick, right? And for me, like that's not the way that I enjoy helping people. So, um, it's not, it's not that that model is, is bad for everyone. It's just that there, you have to, when you go into, um, so I'm a marketer and when I, when I go into figuring out what is the way that for Jimmy Coleman is the best way for me to help people, I have to keep in mind, like, who am I and like, what energizes me when I'm, when I'm helping people, um, getting the actual result energizes me the most. Um, and so for me, that just means finding a way to take the wheel and just do the work for them. Um, and other people, they really enjoy getting to the core issue of, of, uh, of, you know, what's keeping you from implementing those things. Cause anytime you teach someone something new in order for them to implement it, they have to change their daily habits, which is a very difficult thing for people to do. Right. So, um, you either have to get it done for them or be obsessed with, understanding that, you know, neuralistic programming and, and the, the psychology of what's going to get them to change the routines in order to implement this great advice you just gave them. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've noticed even in myself and, and, and people that I know, if something's for free, chances are you're not going to act on it because it was free. There's, there's no friction. There's no exchange of value in, in that aspect. So even I've, I've seen people sell courses for like, like 10 bucks, like, that little bit of friction is a li is a little better, but those people still probably won't take action on that ten dollar exchange. If it's fifteen hundred dollars, you know, two thousand dollars, five thousand dollars to get something done, chances are that ups the percentage of success rate. So that's that's pretty cool that you guys are kind of going through that. So now that we have a little bit of background on on you, Jimmy. Um, I, I want to dive into the actionable steps on like how you're using LinkedIn. Um, and if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, you set up to 20 leads a day. Is that correct? Yeah, we have, uh, depending on the strategy, um, we have some people doing that and really, uh, I, I've realized that the word lead is, is, is different per industry. Like if you're in the telecom world, like a lead to them is just someone who, you, um, they're qualified and you have a way to contact them. Uh, a lead in other industries means that like someone has raised their hand and said like, yes, please let's talk. In this case, um, we have clients that are averaging 20 like inbound conversations. Like the person is qualified and they started a dialogue with you. And so, 
um, we do have a strategy that helps people do that. But I guess, as we just said, we let's like, let's pause real quick. If we're going to go into this and pretend that everyone that's listening just gave, you know, Jimmy and Caleb $10,000. So let's just pretend that that happened right now. And, uh, and then I can give away the information and hopefully that that'll increase the chances of, of people implementing it. <laughs> so the physical exchange, everybody Venmo me $10,000 and I'll send it to Jimmy. So yeah, you'll thank, you'll thank him for doing that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did a lot of research on you, Jimmy. Some of the strategies are very simple, but they're obviously getting results. And I know a lot of people kind of want the, they don't want to hear a simple answer because they're like, oh, why doesn't everyone do that then? Right. But the, I think mm-hmm. the key to you, and you know more than I, I do about this, but it's just doing it consistently over time and then doing it different than everyone else. And I'm sure we'll dive into this. Um, but kind of take me through anyone, and this, this is going to span across any social media platform. This is not strictly for LinkedIn only. We'll go through some LinkedIn things, but it's, it's a lot about positioning and messaging and what pictures to make your profile pick, um, so on and so forth. So even if you don't have a LinkedIn and you're listening now, make sure you're still tuning in, even if you're just starting uh, a new Facebook page or a business profile or an Instagram or whatever it may be that the, the golden nuggets Jimmy's about to go over can span multiple platforms. So Jimmy, I'm going to kick it back to you from the top to bottom with LinkedIn, kind of give me a brief overview on what you do to optimize people's profiles. I know there's multiple steps, but kind of, kind of give me the rundown there. Well, yeah, the thing with the profile is that you have to keep in mind that the people that you're going to be targeting, which is another phase for later on, are probably getting um, connection requests from people that are your competitors. So let's say that you're a digital marketer and you're marketing to um, dentists, okay? And you want to use LinkedIn to target dentists and, and you know eventually reach out to them. Well, keep in mind that if your profile says, I generate tons of leads for dentists and you'll, and it's like a billboard essentially like a landing page, which is what everyone else will tell you to do. Um, then you're just, you're just going to look like the 50 other digital marketers that are sending connection requests to that dentist. And they've already been spammed by those 50 people. So do you think they're going to want to accept your connection request? And the answer is no. So we have to figure out a way to, I always talk about breaking the rules and you have to find another way in. You look at what everyone else is doing and find a way to do the opposite, right? And that a lot of my clients are doing the opposite of what's being taught uh, by 99% of everyone else out there. We are breaking the rules, we're hacking, and uh, and we're getting better results because of that. So a lot of what I'm going to actually say for the profile of me is going to be opposite of what people will tell you to do on LinkedIn. But the important thing to keep in mind too is the two times that people are usually going to see your profile are one, when you're sending a connection request and two, when you are sending them a message. So just keep that in mind that they're going to, that's when they're going to see your profile, they're going to go to your profile, check it out, see if they can box you in with everyone else who's spamming them. And if they can, then they can easily ignore it and avoid having to tell you no in a conversation. Um, uh, but if they, if they haven't quite figured you out, if you look like an intriguing person, then they're more likely to accept. So, the two things that we want to strive for on your profile, one of them is positioning yourself as an authority and other words similar to that, that are related to that are like, you know, 
showing some level of social proof so that um, if, like, if you go to my prof- profile, see uh, me uh, speaking to a group of people. So that shows that if they were to accept my connection request, that they wouldn't be the first person in the world to you know, do something nice for me, right? Like people don't want to feel like they're the first one. So uh, where can you implement some level of social proof? Where can you show uh, some, um, some positioning maybe as a celebrity? Are you, have you been interviewed by someone on a thing before and you have like a mic in your face? And, and not everyone can pull that off and that's okay. If you can't pull off the authority positioning, then I would just double down on this, which everyone can do. It's looking like a real human being. And again, sounds really simple. Um, you'd be shocked that people pay me for that advice, but it's, but most people's LinkedIn profiles look like the most commercial BS. Um, like it's, it's just like, you look like a vendor, like it, it, like the headshot thing, the company logo as your background, uh, as your banner, uh, or the cityscape, you know, whatever. And then the, the, the about section that is all about like your brag sheet of all the things you accomplished. And that doesn't really resonate with anyone. And I know I'm calling out like 95% of the people's including myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, like, how can you, again, everyone's playing that game. Everyone's competing in that game. And that's a really crowded game to compete in. So how can you compete in another, in another league that's different from what everyone else is doing? And what people aren't doing are, uh, are just being like expressing how real human beings we are. Because like we're, we're doing this podcast interview. Some of you guys are listening right now. At the end of the day, we're all like working really hard so that we can go home and uh, and just like know that we like are doing a good job providing for the people who we care about the most. And those are things that like when we talk about it connects us as human beings and, and humanizes us. And I'll bet that people will treat you a lot nicer if they keep that in mind. Like, like me knowing that, you know, Caleb probably has a mother who loves him and cares about him and wants him to do well. Like I care a little bit more about Caleb's success all of a sudden when I think about that. Right. Um, or that, you know, there's like a, a, a girl in his life, you know, things like that. And so again, these are things that you traditionally would not like showcase on LinkedIn, but that's just like an unwritten rule that isn't an actual rule. And so screw it. Right. So, um, on your profile, if you want to have a picture, I have a client who's, uh, he knows that people in his target market happen to be 35 year old men who, um, have a kid or two. So he made his profile picture, uh, him giving his son a piggyback ride. (laughs) And now when he sends a connection request to people in his target market, he looks extremely relatable to the people that he is, uh, sending connection requests to. And he looks like a more trustworthy person too, because He's a, he's a father to his son who is giving a piggyback ride in the picture. Right. Um, but like I just got married a couple months ago, so, uh, I don't have that, but what I do have is like prior to the pictures of me speaking in front of an audience, it was me volunteering at this like, uh, event for inner, inner city school kids. They took a picture with me and a bunch of the kids and you could just tell like, I like volunteer my community and I like try to help people out and like it, it made me look more trustworthy. Right. And like a real you know, good human being, someone that they might enjoy having in their life. One of the unspoken things is every time you have an opportunity to um, have someone come into your life, you, you, you're you trying to figure out, will this person make my life better, like the same or worse? And 
Um, and if this just looks like an exciting person to be around, like a good human being, uh, then your most time your brain will just say, well, why not? Why not let them into my life? Right. But if this looks like someone that's just going to like later on annoy you and cause you pain in that way and like make your, make you less happy, less energized, then it's way easier to say no. Right. So, um, this is, this is going deeper into some of the psychology of like what makes people say yes and no. But, um, I, I glazed over something too, like showcasing what you have in common with the people who you're targeting. Right. Um, and so expressing that on your profile, but at the end of the day, positioning yourself as the authority, positioning yourself as just a real human being when everyone else is competing to be the best vendor, like who cares who has the best features, benefits, uh, history or whatever. Um, if you're competing in the game, someone will always beat you. So be yourself. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I struggle with this as well. It's like, I've, I've done a lot of research on like how to optimize the profile, make it a sales page. Like I've, I've heard all these things, which is why I wanted to talk to you specifically, Jimmy, because I knew you do a little, do things a little bit different. It, it essentially sounds like you need to be human. That's mm -hmm. the main thing. Um, positioning yourself as an authority, which I feel like those two are kind of opposites. It's like you're human, but you're authoritative because I'm looking at your profile right now. Like you're taking a selfie in front of probably 25 different people around the table. It's obviously you showing authority that you were speaking to them at some capacity. Who knows what this is about, but instantly mm -hmm. the psychology behind it is Jimmy is authoritative in whatever he's doing. You know, 25 people are sitting there taking notes. There's pieces of paper in front of them. They're obviously looking to you for something. So it's like you have a smile on your face, which I think that's how you accomplish both of those. Being human, which is, you know, you're just taking a selfie just like everyone else does. And then the author authoritative piece is people sitting around the table in front of you. So that's, that's a great, great photo, man. Thank you. Um, so from there, you have, you know, the photos. Um, I've heard a lot of the, the tagline is very important, but mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of people say, like, if you look at mine right now, it says, I help business owners get 10 to 20 leads per month. It's like, how do you position yourself? And you're, you're probably cringing because this is probably different than what you, you preach to your clients, but it's like, I help blank. I help X accomplish Y. And then yours is founder, lead baller, chief giving officer, grow and give company. Um, so how, like, say, say you're helping me optimize my tagline, like what, how does that make you feel? Is that completely wrong? Like, what do you think? Yeah. My, my one line advice for people's headline is, uh, find a creative way to describe what you do. And sometimes that means being funny. Uh, sometimes that means like just saying something really catchy. Uh, I know like there's one guy who's like, um, uh, his headline says something like the most interesting man in Nashville, Google it. <laughs> and it's like, really? That's like, I'm intrigued by that. Like, I yeah. don't know, like you have to stop and think about that. There's another guy in Charlotte here who, um, it, he's a photographer and it says, I shoot people for a living. And like, I was like, what? No. And then I had to go, go to his profile and check it out. He's, he's a photographer. He shoots people for a living. And like, that's just like really cool. It's, it's something that makes you do like a double, a double take. Right. Um, I, uh, I think like five years ago I invented, like I, I was fortunate enough to be part of a startup where we just create our own job titles and 
Uh, we, we had a very like social, like giving back element to our company. And so I, I, I uh, made the job title giver. Um, and, and I thought that was like a thought provoking thing because people message me and they say, what is a gift? And now you guys will see my profile on the headline says chief giving officer, the name of the company is grow and give. And, um, first off, I chose the name of that company very intentionally. It's not a billboard. It's not, um, you don't immediately know what we do, but it does sound like something that you probably agree with. And that is intriguing. And I get someone that messages me every single week and says, what is grow and give? Sounds really cool. And I get other people that message me every single week and say, what is the chief giving officer? That sounds really cool. Never heard of that before. I want people to ask me those questions because when they ask me that question, I can then give them my elevator pitch essentially. Um, cause I explain like how there's a giving component to, to, to what we do at grow and give. And so, uh, and then, and then people are like become our fans all of a sudden when they were just like random people just scrolling past our profile. So finding a creative way to describe what you do, uh, being a purple cow as much as you can. Um, and so, you know, for a marketer, it's like, okay, well, you know, 10 to 10 to 20 leads a month or something like what is, what are some of the byproducts of that? Uh, what are like, how can we, how can we make that something that's maybe even a little more entertaining, uh, and doesn't put you in the same, uh, same box as everyone else who can do the same thing, right? Like what, what's, what can we say that makes you stand out? Even if it's like, even if it's mixing in there, like I have clients that just throw in the word father, um, and like stuff like that. Cause that might be a reason that someone might prefer you over a competitor who is just, a, again, a vendor and not looking like a real human being. Right. And so, um, finding maybe what are, what are some of the, what are some of the un, um, uh, undiscovered byproducts of that result that you bring clients? Um, like, and the reason I chose giver again is because like I, I was at a company where every time we gained business, we gave back. Right. So I was able to tell a story of like how we gave back. And so, uh, in order for us to be able to get uh, give though, we have to be able to create new business. So then that was my role in the company. So I, I really saw myself as my job was to be a giver. Um, and it, it let me tell that story. So think of what is a creative way to describe what it is that you do. And if you can be uh, make people do a double take, that's awesome. If you can maybe even ask a question, that'd be cool. If you can, um, you know, something, something maybe funny, um, uh, intriguing is really cool too. Making people ask you a question about it. Um, um, because it doesn't just give it all away. I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's super interesting. It, it's, it's different than anything I've ever seen. And I've went through the first couple pages of Google and, you know, reading all the articles with how to optimize your profile, how to, mm -hmm you know, how to connect with people, um, which we'll get into here in the future. And another thing I wanted to point out, one of your uh, featured articles is you with, I'm assuming that's your wife, um, that first one, you with the Spartan shirt on. <laughs> is is that yeah. your wife? Yep. Morgan. For, yep. First of all, congrats um, on, Thank you. on the newly married. Um, and then a couple, couple more, a couple articles and uh, features for you to, I'm guessing, just to build that authority as well. Yeah. I mean, I talk in my, so that, that actually brings attention to the about section, right? Because again, most people just have a brag sheet. Um, and 
Uh, for me, it's like a vision statement. And, and most people like, I don't even have my clients copy that, uh, like their own version of a vision statement. Cause that's something I actually like wrote when I wasn't expecting to ever share it with anyone. And I, I share it with a small group of people and, and, and then I remember how good it felt to do that. But when I wrote it, I never expected to share it with anybody. So, uh, I went to a, another level of vulnerability than that most people aren't willing to go if they know that they're going to eventually share that with people. So, um, so I recommend that people at least tell a story and there's, there's three components to telling a story in your about section. One of them is the hook. So what's the hook? It's a significant life event. So think to yourself, what are, what is a significant life event? You fell off your bike, broke your knee. You, your first child was born. You were kidnapped. You were fired from your job. Like think of what is the significant life event? Think about that. And that's your hook. Best friend died, something like that, right? Um, and then double enter, give context to that very bold hook. It's like, okay, I was kidnapped. Okay, when I was six years old. Uh, so most people don't know this about me, but my, my, my parents split when I was five years old and then my dad came back and this and that and, uh, and kidnapped me and stuff like that. And you just give context to the story. Um, and then at the very bottom, double enter again, it's a bridge. How do, you, how do you bridge that significant life event to why it is that you do what you do now, like to your, to your mission and your why? Uh, I, the best example, actually, if you look at Morgan, she hasn't changed her last name on LinkedIn yet, but it's Morgan Tolbert. She, and it's like RN or something. She has the best I've ever seen. It's like it was her, a quote from her rejection letter into nursing school. Um, and then she like put how she interpreted it. Like, you're not good enough. You'll never be a nurse. Then she gave more context. And she said, uh, most people don't know this, but I was rejected nursing school four times before I was ever accepted. And she like explains that situation at the very bottom. She like put the prayer that she prayed during those confusing times and the lessons that she learned from that and how it changes her perspective on what it means to be a nurse. And because Everyone else on LinkedIn, again, we said this already, but everyone else on LinkedIn is striving towards the most professional, flawless version of themselves. Um, no vulnerability at all. No, really no authenticity at all. And here's Morgan quoting her rejection letter into nursing school and going even deeper than that in certain areas, right? And it stands out. Like, and if I, I reference Purple Cow, if you haven't read the book. All you need to know is like, there's a field of a thousand cows and there's one that's purple. You're going to notice a purple cow, right? So, um, she did something that is very purple cow. And, uh, she actually had like C-level executives of different hospitals reaching out to her, um, trying, trying to get meetings with her to get her to work at their hospital, which if you don't know the industry, that just doesn't happen. So, um, really cool result that came from that. But again, it came from being bold, like find the degrees of separation. What is everyone else not willing to do and do that, <laughs> you know, like find those degrees of separation that allow you to get your profile stand out from everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, my girlfriend is a nurse as well. So cool. I, I totally understand that aspect. She's a travel nurse, which is why we're here in Atlanta. Um, we've, we've lived a couple of different places, but that's, I mean, that's super powerful. Like no one, no one is doing, I'm, my wheels are just turning. It's like, how, mm -hmm. what is something vulnerable that I can put and how to bridge that to what I'm doing now? So right. that, I mean, it's just like mind blowing. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, that's, that's super powerful. Um, and I feel like if, if a 
prospect or a lead or whatever you want to call it gets to your about section, you've already won. Like if yes. they've, if that's passed the eye test, they've looked at your headline, they've looked at your profile picture. Um, if they click on that, see more on your about section, you are probably, you've already won. You're, you're probably that's within it. the one to 5%. You've already got past that gate. And I get from, one message a week also of people who read my summary or read my about section and just say how something I put in there spoke to them. And keep in mind the people that I'm trying to connect with, this is phase two, but like these are people that I want to do business with. These are my A plus prospects. And we're starting a dialogue with something that is like, I, again, one message a week, either someone asks me, what is, what is grow and give? Sounds cool. What is a chief giving officer? Sounds cool. And your about section, this area that you know, is, of course, very vulnerable, like this, this really spoke to me, like this really stood out to me. And, um, and I'm starting a dialogue with my prospects and there's no, like on a level where there's no wall anymore. There's no, um, uh, like, like rapport building or anything like that, or like trying to their trust, like I'm in. So, um, and the other thing I'll, I'll say about it too, is I, I try to be the most like authentic version of myself, in my profile, because I really do care about who I do business with. Um, I don't want to attract the wrong people. Like I, it, my profile turns certain people away and that's okay. Like it's probably best because I'm being who I am on my profile. And so, uh, if I'm turning people away, it's, it's like, it's, it's worthwhile. Like I, I save myself a lot of time and heartache. So, um, and the, our objective right now, we have about 45 clients just in lead baller and in the next year we'll probably get to about a thousand the quality of life that I have will be very dependent upon who those 1000 people are. If they're all like people that I would love to have in my life, then I'm going to like be like the richest person in the world uh, spiritually. Right. But if it's all people who um, are, are not the right people, then I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be in a bad place. So yeah. I think that's another unspoken thing that is important to keep in mind too. Yeah. I, I was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago um, with, a, with a president of a, a minor league baseball team I went to college with. And we, we talked mainly about picking the right clients and how to onboard the perfect client. That was kind of the headline. And there's been multiple times where we've been like, hey, look, you know, your, your business goals don't match up with what we're trying to do. You know, maybe they, they have a uh, unrealistic goal or like how oh, I want 10,000 followers on Instagram. It's like, mm -hmm. why, like, why, like what, what, it, let's uncover that a little bit, but it's like, you got to figure out why you want to do business with somebody and then being able to say no to that person that's doesn't fit. Because I think we've all been there as entrepreneurs, some small business owners. It's like, yes, we'll do everything. It's like, Oh, you need that? Sure. I'll do that as well. Um, and that's, that's not the way to, like you said, become, become spiritually rich, financially rich. Like that's not how you do it. It's, you're going to burn more mental energy and calories or whatever you want to call it, trying to learn. And then you're probably not going to do a great job at that one thing you said yes to just for that exchange of money. So yeah. that's super interesting that you say that as well. So we have kind of the structure on how to structure your, your, um, profile. What are the next stages? So you mentioned state phase two, phase, phase three, phase right. four. What, what are the next steps? Phase two is just, is targeting, uh, really simple. Um, 
I do recommend that people give Sales Navigator a go. If you don't know what that is, that's basically LinkedIn's premium version. That uh, and I shouldn't even use that word because there's also premium uh, version <laughs> of Sales Nav like it, uh, of of LinkedIn. But Sales Navigator is the most uh, is basically the the program attached to LinkedIn that gives you the a free ticket to use it for prospecting. And so they're not gonna um, they're well they're less likely to say, Hey, what are you doing? Um, prospecting on LinkedIn. Um, like they'll, you can save people as leads on there. Like it is intended. The intended use is to use it for prospecting. And what's also cool about sales navigator is the filtering that you can do because let's say you want to sell to like, you know, real deal CEOs, right? Like you can create the reality on LinkedIn that every person that you're connected to is someone who is a CEO of a company with no less than 1,000, 5,000, or even 10,000 employees. So if you have something you could sell to companies of that size, you can, you can start having a lot of fun. Like the average profile on LinkedIn is already at like, uh, I think the average income is about 80,000 where most other platforms are about 40. So like it's by itself, it's, it's already a better platform in that way. But, um, I think it's also better because you can, you can do a, a way better job of filtering through some of the BS and like you know, everyone's a CEO nowadays, but you can make sure that they have a certain company size and stuff, been in that role for a certain number of years, um, get really specific with certain job titles and stuff. And, uh, I tell most people send about 30 to 50 connection requests per day. And, um, you know, some people can go up to a hundred. It's just very aggressive and LinkedIn can, you know, just tell you to pump the brakes essentially, but uh, 30 to 50 per day. And I also need to address that it's implied that you're going to send connection requests to people that you do not know, but you would like to know. You can have 3,000 connections on LinkedIn. So I, I don't think that they set that number assuming that you know all those 30,000 people right? Uh, it's, in, in, it's intended use is that you are going to be connecting people that you would like to know. And, and then in phases three and four, I'll, I'll show you, I'll talk about some ideas of how we can take those people from just random connections uh, to now um, people who are more open-minded to having conversations with you. But I think it's really important just to address that because that's something that people can't wrap their head around is LinkedIn's intended use is that you are going to be connecting people you don't know that you do not know, but you would like to know and just be very specific when you do the targeting because, um, LinkedIn, like you can get in front of like a plus plus clients on LinkedIn. And so don't, don't be so loose in your targeting that you're going to allow a C client to show up, you know? Uh, so start very micro with your, with your niche and then expand over time as, as you need to. Question for you. I've, I've talked to a couple of people that are, that are doing this professionally, either selling a product or software uh, or whatever, but they've, they've mentioned something I've never really heard before with creating multiple profiles with like one tailored to one niche, one tailored to another one. And I don't really know how I feel about that. What, like, what do you think? Now, are these people using the same name or are they using like, are they creating fake people? No, it's, um, uh, one, one guy, it, one name. Um, but okay. it was two separate, two separate kind of target markets, two separate targeting. Mm -hmm. Like one was in, you know, X space and then one was in another industry. 
Yeah. And by and the way, there are people that will create like a females tend to prospect better on LinkedIn, higher efficiency. Wow. I didn't even yep. think about that. Uh, they, yep. Uh, they, I, I, Justin was talking to someone last week who said like, yeah, I've been, I've had 30 people ask me to marry them. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that is, that is some of the name of the game when you're on a platform where there's a bunch of like old guys <laughs> and, oh, man. Uh, or people from other countries and stuff. But, um, but yeah, women tend to pros- like their prospecting converts at a higher ratio. So that's, so what some people have done is they create like five different female profiles and stuff. I can sniff it out really well, but maybe that's not crazy. everybody can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a, like a, that's like the black market of LinkedIn. But um, the idea of having the same name, same profile, but different account, like just so, just so it's out there, LinkedIn doesn't approve of that. Um, they don't want you having multiple accounts. And if they, if they do catch you doing it, then they'll, they'll slap you on the wrist for it. So mm-hmm. just, just keep that in mind. But, um, I haven't gone that route. Um, I, I usually tell people like when you do your marketing, do like one campaign at a time. But I mean, if, if someone wants to go and hack, like that's a hacking trick, right? So if they want to like, you know, attempt that they can, but just understand it's a hack. It's not a way to build your brand. Like Jimmy Coleman is a brand now on, on LinkedIn. I didn't ever think it would be. I didn't even ever think I'd be on podcasts teaching people about LinkedIn. I was like a salesperson who just was relying on LinkedIn because I'm from a really small town and that's really all that I could do to get in front of people with decent net worths. And so, um, so I just started prospecting on there and figuring things out. But, um, uh, at the same time, if people want to recreate that scenario of, of, of having multiple ca- campaigns going at one time, that's cool. Uh, but also keep in mind that like, you're not really building much of a personal brand when you do that either. Yeah. It's just kind of, it seems kind of cheap, like cheapens your brand, cheapens your, your, just your overall being with like, it might, it's like, it's sounds similar, like a shortcut, but shortcuts are, are not good long-term. You know, I would rather build the right foundation first and then scale that way versus, you know, taking all these shortcuts because it's a shortcut for a reason, which if you can get a shortcut in a, in a, um, in a good way, that's, that's perfect. But this just seems, it just kind of cheapens your brand and, and all that. So we've, we've talked a lot about that, uh, the profile optimizing that, um, I think everything with education, you know, the experience, the endorsements are something I definitely want to talk about. Let's move in to kind of the, the meat and potatoes of this with the targeting, the outreach and how you're optimizing this unlike anyone else? Sure. Well, at this point, you know, besides the profile optimization and me going against the grain, like the targeting, that's something that any, like any person that knows their stuff is going to say the same thing that I just said, as far as the targeting goes, that's the part where, where I'm pretty consistent with everyone else. It, it is what works. Uh, what most people will then do, however, is they will just say, okay, now tell your bot to go after 47 <laughs> seconds, uh, send them this three paragraph spammy message saying that you noticed some, some BS about their profile that you obviously didn't check out the profile. And then at the very bottom, put your calendar link. That's what most people are doing. And then have that same bot two days later, if they don't reply, send them another spammy thing. And then three days later, send them another spammy thing and just like, like just harass these A plus prospects that you've, you hope to do business with. And when you do it enough times, you'll get a few people to say yes. That's what most people are going to tell you to do. And 
And uh, the problem that I ran into is like, does that get results? Yes, it gets results because the numbers game never fails. The problem is that you burn, you're like lighting bridges left and right with people that are, again, your A plus prospects. And if you ever met them in person, you would be ashamed. So I had to figure out a way because I'm an aggressive marketer at heart. That's why like when you mentioned like the multiple profile thing, I was like, well, I don't think so, but like have at it. Um, because again, I'm an aggressive marketer. I'm a guerrilla marketer at heart, at the, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do what works. And what I started realizing was I was like, I, I, I was a spammer uh, probably like five years ago. And um, I just didn't like, even when someone said yes, it wasn't the right people. It wasn't high quality people because that stuff doesn't work on them. And, um, and, and I was, I was losing my, my positioning in that client relationship. I wanted to create a scenario where when someone said, yes, they were my client, I was advising them on stuff. I was, I was giving them advice and I was the person in authority in that relationship, but it was really hard to do that when the relationship started out with me, obviously spamming them. Right. So that's just something to keep in mind. And the clients that I work with, they're premium brands and they need to find a way to get results, but also do it in a way where they're kind of playing it cool and not losing, um, not compromising their brand. Right. So that being said, phase three, what it's all about is creating familiarity with your prospects. Okay. So what is something you can do to create familiarity before you ever reach out to? the people that, that just accepted your connection request. And for me, like obviously posting content helps, but what, what is something like, I want to get, I want to do better than I want to know what is something I can do to guarantee that they have seen my name in my face and not just one time, but a few times before I ever reach out to them. And so the real question is how can I show up in their notifications? And there's a way to guarantee that you show up in your prospects notifications a few times before you ever reach out to them. What I want to create is this type of relationship and everyone that's listening uh, knows this, that there's people that you're connected to online who uh, you've commented on each other's posts, you've liked a few things, you've engaged with each other's stuff and you've never had that one-on-one conversation. But if either one of you were to offer it, it would be weird for the other person to say no because you guys are like engaging with each other's stuff at this point, right? Like this is someone who is intriguing and like, you're like, no, I want to just keep it platonic. You know, that's, that's how I roll. Like most, it would be weird for you to say something like that, right? So we want to create that scenario on a repetitive basis with people who are your prospects. So what are the ways that you can show up in their notifications? One of them is by going to their profile seeing all their activity, going to their posts and liking their posts, uh, commenting on their posts, engaging with their activity, right? Uh, they will see your name and your face show up in their notifications when you do that. And all you, all, all you might do is just like a few things a few days in a row or comment on a few things. And you might even have a dialogue going on in the comments, by the way, even if they just say, you say, Hey, this is an awesome post. And they say, Hey, Hey, Caleb, thanks. Like you guys just had a little, little thing going on there. Right. And that's going to make it way easier for you to reach out to them later on. Right. So, but we want to create that uh, multiple times. What's also cool about LinkedIn guys is that, um, just by viewing their profile, um, LinkedIn's going to notify them that you viewed their profile. Right. So, um, it's like, that's like a brand awareness thing. You're making them at least aware of you. So the first time you show up is not 
when you are sending them a message asking for something. Um, if someone has a birthday, like I have 29,000 connections right now. And, and so like, it's like 50 people's birthday every single day. And every single person, person is getting a happy birthday message from me. I'm including their name. I'm including a funny gift with a baby eating cake. Um, you know, stuff like that. Like something that stands out from all the other birthday messages are getting when someone changes a work anniversary or has a work anniversary, changes the job. Uh, whatever life event, I'm always congratulating people on all those things. Like that's a consistent thing we're doing every single day. And the other consistent thing that Caleb alluded to that we're doing every single day is endorsing at least 50 of my A plus prospects every single day. So endorsing them meaning going to their profile, looking at those like, you know, 20 to 50 skills that they have listed out that they want their connections to endorse them for and clicking the little plus sign next to that skill. And, um, the, what I, what I care about is when I click that button, all I do is I click that button. Every time I click that button, that prospect is two clicks away from beginning a conversation with me. So there I was, right? Like I, I had these people that accepted to uh, agree to connect with me. And now I had to figure out how to start a conversation with them in a way that didn't just look like everyone else, didn't just look like every other vendor out there. And by the way, at that, that's the point where like people try to figure that out. And most people just give up and say, screw it. I'm just going to send them something. Right. But I, I kept, I kept trying to figure it out and I just experimented a little bit. And one day I just endorsed like 50 people. The next morning I woke up with like, you know, um, I think it was like 12 messages in my inbox of people saying, thanks for endorsing me. Thanks for endorsing me. Thanks for endorsing me for this, 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 and this. And it was all A plus prospects because that, those are the people that I endorsed. And what I, I started doing is I started playing the numbers game in a more passive way with people who are A plus prospects. And the strategy worked whether I'm, these are people that I could sell a $1,000 thing to or $1 million thing to. And so um, I started just doing that every single day. And also what's cool is when I wish people happy birthday, a percentage of those people said thank you for that as well. And I was creating these dialogues. So the goal in phase three is like maybe you can get a conversation with them before you ever have to, you know, op- you know, force the door open yourself. And they begin the dialogue. And, um, and from there, it's just, it's just, you know, your responsibility to continue the dialogue, you know? And so if they were to say, thanks for endorsing me and you were to say, Hey, sure thing. And then flow into your pitch, it would make a lot more sense and be way more smooth. Yeah. From, from that point, just a quick question. Do you go directly into your pitch or is it more, cause you mentioned passive kind of passive, passively prospecting. Um, mm-hmm. is it like, Hey, because I've, I've used this a lot and had mixed experience like, hey, let me know if there's anything I can help you with in marketing. Or is it directly into, hey, if you want 20 leads in your inbox every day, um, reply back with a yes or learn more, whatever it is. Like how, how do you do that once they inbox you? Yeah. And that's actually what phase four is all about. It's, it's um you know, the copywriting essentially. Right. Or I call it, I call it standout marketing or stand, stand outreach. So there's outreach, right. And there's outreach that stands out from all the other crap that people are sending. And so first before knowing what you're going to say, it's like, how are you going to communicate it? Am I going to type something? Am I going to make a quick video? Am I going to do an audio message? And the answer to the last two is yes. Right. So everyone else, like, I'm not sure if you guys, people listening heard of Bradley, the real Bradley, 
uh, he's influential guy. Um, and he had me doing, um, uh, doing a thing for his, for his community, doing a little webinar for his community. And, uh, he was like, real quick, let me just go to my inbox real quick. Yeah. All these guys are spamming me. And I was like, actually, Brad, look at this guy. He's actually like sending you something very personalized, but it was really hard for Brad to notice that. Why? Because it was all typed up just like all the other spammers. And so the people that are doing things way more personalized are sending videos and sending audio. So I definitely recommend that if you want to stand out, like do it's very simple, like do a video. And by the way, the video could be a pre-recorded thing that you're just sending to everybody once they're, uh, once they're, you know, warmed up enough for you to reach out to them. Right. And, and if you're being specific in your, in your targeting, then you can be more specific in that message and still send it to a lot of people. So, um, or the audio message is another thing you can do. You just use the app on your phone and you'll see the, the little microphone for you to send an audio message. So that's the first thing is send something that looks different than what everyone else is sending. As far as what you're going to say, you have two options as Caleb just mentioned. And I have decent copy for both, right? One of them is what I call convert or die. It's like, all right, now I got a conversation with this person. I need this person to tell me, yes, they're interested in basically doing business or having a conversation about doing business together. That's, that's a more aggressive route to go, but there's decent copy around it to actually make it work out just fine. So let's say someone says, thanks for endorsing me. Hey, sure thing, Bob. Um, hey, I actually saw that you're in the insurance business. We actually just got X result for another company in the insurance business last week. Would you be open-minded to you know, hop in on the phone and see if there's any opportunities for us to work together? Like it's just very conversational, right? You got to keep it conversational and put yourself in the shoes of the person that you are uh, having this, uh, having this conversation with. Like, would that work on you? And the answer is like, yeah, that sounds very natural, right? Um, the other, the other option you have is what I call more of a lead magnet. I, I wouldn't just leave it open-ended. Like, let me know if you ever need something. Cause people really usually never think of you, but um, but if you, if you offer them something that adds value to them, that would be really good. And so what sometimes we do is, and we've run different campaigns, um, but a lead magnet could be something like a Facebook group. Like we've done this in the past where we said, Hey, sure thing, Stacy. Uh, we actually have a free Facebook group for people who want to learn how to grow their business using LinkedIn. Would, would you like me to send you an invite? And a lot of people say yes to that. It's an easier thing for them to say yes to a little bit less committal. And by the way, when people uh, request to join the group. We ask them why they want to join the group and for their email. And most people <laughs> say, cause they want to learn how to grow their business using LinkedIn. And then we do an intro to them, to our salesperson saying, Hey, Hey, Harry, Stacy just said that she's interested in learning how to grow her business using LinkedIn. Do you think you can connect with her on the phone and see if we can help her out with that? Boom. Boom. Perfect. Got them on the phone. That's a little, little nugget for you guys. A little peek behind the curtains. Um, Another thing you could do is like Caleb is doing a podcast here and he and I are building more of our relationship by, by being on the show. And you could, uh, you could do like 10 minute versions of these, by the way, and just have the same go-to questions that you have every time. Um, and that way you can do like, you know, every 30 minutes, you basically have just like you have sales calls lined up. You could have, you know, mini podcast episodes lined up and there's questions you ask on the air just to build a relationship, pump up their ego and stuff like that. And then things that you ask off the air to hopefully segue that into more of a sales conversation. So you can say, maybe you're targeting sales VPs, right? And you could say, Hey, sure thing, Chris, I actually uh, host the, you know, the top sales vice presidents in the world 
show, you want to be on my next episode. <laughs> you just like call it something cool so that they go home and tell their wife, like, honey, we made it, right? And, uh, <laughs> and it could have like one listener or zero listeners. Or People not never say no to podcasts though. People love right. it. Right. Because why not? Even if, honestly, Caleb, even if you had zero listeners, you're going to send me this and I'm going to be able to give it to my team and they're going to be able to repurpose it for content, right? So it's just, it just, it's just easy. Um, easy thing to say yes to. So podcast is another thing. Some people do eBooks. Some people do events like, Hey, sure thing states. We actually have a meetup group for uh, all the top Charlotte, uh, uh, consultants and coaches. Uh, do you want me to send you info about the next event? Yes, please. Right? Like that's me. How am I not aware of that is what you hopefully want that person to say. And so, um, uh, and that way you get them into a relationship. And if you're a good salesperson, you know how to take that warm conversation and convert it into a sales conversation. Yeah. And I think it, it all boils down to knowing your target audience, knowing their pain points. And that way it's, it's not, it's not selling at that point. It's, it's helping them. It's helping them, you know, you providing value with like in your case, generating leads. Like everybody needs that. Almost everybody needs that. Um, like Apple, Amazon, they, they don't. But most, most of your target market, you, you know exactly their pain points so you can position this and message your service as a product to help them solve their problems. It's not, it's not selling at that point. It's helping. My last, uh, you know, you mentioned like Apple, Amazon. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning too, the companies that I've shared these strategies with that I've gotten the biggest reaction from, like, like, whoa, this person is a genius. It's the biggest companies. Uh, TikTok is one of my clients, right? Like, um, like the stuff that we're doing, when you're smaller, you're able to be more nimble and, and know what the newest things are and, and be a little more crafty. When you're a much larger uh, organization, things move so slow. Information moves really slow. And you'd think that they're like, on the front line and five years ahead of you, mm -hmm. it is, I realize it is the opposite. The biggest companies I've ever worked with are the companies that are the most impressed with my tactics versus, you know, like the, um, you know, typical digital marketer who, uh, is like, you know, just getting started. They seem to know everything. And, uh, uh, but they, they're, they're, they're not quite there yet in their business. So, uh, you know, and, I would highly recommend you using LinkedIn to even go after some of these bigger companies. Um, the, the process that I use to generate, you know, business to business leads for my clients on LinkedIn also works for recruiting. And so even like TikTok, it was more of a recruiting thing. Um, all these big companies, they, they are looking for strategies there as well. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah. And it, one thing that drew me to you and what you're doing, it, it's across all industries, it seems like pretty much, you know, if you're a recruiter, if you're an agency, if you're a consultant, if you're a coach, if you're whatever it may be, it seems like your process and your systems and your messaging is works across all of the platforms, all the industries, which is crazy. You know, I, I always hear the riches and the niches, niches, whatever you want to call it, just because you can specialize, but what you're doing in, in producing the B2B leads, that's, that's awesome, man. Um, so is there anything else we have, we missed in the, the four phases that you wanted to cover? No, man, it, it's, it really is. Uh, uh, you mentioned this, you preface this conversation with like, Hey, the stuff, cause you've probably heard some of my, some of my other content. I talk about this all the time. Like guys, some of this stuff is, it is very simple. Make your profile look more, more human. 
be very specific in your targeting. You can sign up for Sales Navigator. There's a 30-day free trial. Um, essentially engage with people before you ever send them a message. And when you send them a message, at least make sure that it looks different by sending it via audio or video. And, uh, and you'll do way better than 90% of the other people who are marketing on LinkedIn. And so it, it really comes down to implementing these things on a daily basis, right? It, it's the people that like, don't just like say, Oh, that's a cool strategy. But like the people that say, okay, what is, what can I spend 30 minutes a day doing on LinkedIn to implement some of these strategies? Uh, and I, this is information I usually make people pay $2,000 for in a course. I'm just giving it away now uh, to Caleb's audience here. So uh, make the most of that. How are you doing this at scale? So like, obviously you have a team around what you're doing. If you are talking to, let's just say one person or even a team of two, like a very small team, how would you do this at scale? Would you hire a virtual assistant to train them? Would you, you know, do it all like the one person in the beginning? Um, like how would you coach somebody to do that? Yeah. I mean, we, I would tell them to sign up for lead baller usually. Uh, <laughs> Plug. Like, yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, that's, that's, it's the best answer because, yeah. uh, um, you know, I, I, I've already done the process of hiring the VA and stuff like that. And what's cool is like our clients, we're the only company in the world that ha currently, uh, that has the ability to have you, Caleb, send us a voice recording for every person who has, we've engaged with a few times. We even keep track of like, we do like a, like a baseball field, like who's on first base, meaning people we've engaged with one time, second base, people we've engaged with two times, third, third base, people we've engaged with three times. Once someone's on third base, that's when we send the, the message. And that message is something that you pre-recorded is sent to us. And, uh, um, we're sending on your behalf, you know, from your profile. And so like, and we're like, we're, we're not, we don't like overcharge. I used to charge $10,000 a month to again, really big companies, uh, for, for that stuff. And now we've kind of opened the floodgates, lowering our prices significantly. So, um, what, what's, what's the pricing? Yeah, it's currently at 1495. Um, so 1495. And so, you know, someone, someone going through the process of finding a, uh, finding a VA, training the VA to do it the right way. And, and hopefully they, they, picked up all this information and they're telling the VA to do the right thing and, uh, and all that stuff. Like in this case, you know, our, our team is probably going to be the most economical thing for, for people. But, um, you know, it is, it isn't hard to find a good team of VAs from the Philippines and stuff like that, that you can pay, you know, four bucks an hour yeah. uh, as well. Um, you just have to make sure they're trained to do it the right way. Yep. Okay, cool. So $14.95. Um, I've heard some crazy numbers. I've, I've looked into VAs and services and I've seen upwards of eight to 10 grand like onboarding fee and then five to a thousand a month. So 14, essentially 1500 bucks for, for your guys' team. What would that get someone interested in B2B connections? Like, is that booked appointments? Is it like, how do you quantify that piece of it? Yeah. So our, our job is just to tee people up. So, um, we would connect with about 30 people a day. Uh, we'd send 30 connection requests per day. Once someone agrees to connect, they are put at bat, right? And so they're at bat. And then in order for them to go to first base, we have to either, you know, we have to do something to show up in their notifications, endorse them for a skill, comment on posts, like a post. We have like 50 generic comments that work for pretty much any post anyone could ever create. Like we've already, we've already put that work in. And then, uh, and then what we'll do is 
in order for someone to go from first base to second base, we have to show up in their notifications again. Second base to third base, show up in their notifications again. We organize where people are in the process and do the things to interact with them. And then once someone's on third base, we send them a voice recording from you saying, hey, uh, you probably noticed I've been checking your profile for the past few days and that you're, I saw you're in, in the insurance industry and we actually just got X result for another company that, you know, do the whole script essentially. Hopefully it's with, within 30 seconds long. And uh, we send that on your behalf. As people reply, um, we just notify you. And that's where we pass it off. If people say either say yes, no, or could you tell me more? And, um, and then, you know, most of our clients just, you know, know where to, know where to take it from there. Um, but our job is to just, you know, tee them up. And what's cool is like, we've had, we've had like the best pe- like the yeses are awesome, of course, but like even some of the no's are some of the best no's you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> like people just like lather on the compliments of like how awesome the voice recording thing is. Cause most people like Facebook, most people are doing that, but like LinkedIn, most people don't even know that's a thing. Even though they try to make it super obvious on the app, most of the time it is people's very first voice recording they've ever received. And so they're going to check it out. And so people like compliment that all the time and stuff. And so that is what we do for our clients though. Yeah. I, I've, I've done a decent amount of the voice recording on Instagram, but never LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. same thing. I've got a ton of responses like, dude, I've never got this like from anyone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a fan for life for all the content you're putting out, podcasts, so on and so forth. So, I mean, LinkedIn is kind of that next level. Um, so if, if I'm getting that in Instagram, like LinkedIn, that's, it's just, whole, whole nother, whole nother level with this. Um, so first of all, I love the baseball references. Uh, you see a baseball behind me, um, for the podcast listeners, I played collegiate baseball and then professionally in Australia for a year. So I love the references that you're, that you're bringing. Um, so that's, I mean, full circle, is there anything else that we have, we have missed, um, that would be be valuable to the listeners? Um, no, I, I think, uh, I think just cause it can be information overload, obviously. And anytime you listen to a podcast like this, you, it is important that you, it's like a buffet, right? Like you take the certain things that you can implement right away and you, you do those things. Um, so I think it's important that you obviously keep that in mind. Don't try to do everything. Um, uh, but done is always better than perfect. So keep that in mind guys. Done is better than perfect. Make sure you at least do a couple of things from what we talked about today. I, I, that's, I'm, I'm laughing. I put a video out. Literally the caption was done is better than perfect. So that's, wow. that's cool, man. We're, we're, we're pretty similar. Um, the, the more I kind of uh, dive into to who you are and what you do. So Jimmy, one, one thing as we wrap up, there's a rapid fire round. Um, a couple questions kind of off the wall that I want to ask you, what is one thing not many people know about you? Uh, oh man. So, uh, one thing when I was, when I, I'm the youngest of four and I would always like, you know, fight for attention and, and take pride in annoying my siblings and stuff. And so, <laughs> uh, one of my signature moves growing up was, uh, I could do a pretty good belly roll thing. And so like, um, it'd be like the, like my sisters, like, you know, they wanted to go to the high school football games. We all just go as a family. And I would like in front of the entire crowd, this is like a four time state championship football team up in Maryland. And I would just like lift up my shirt the whole game and like do this belly roll thing. (laughs) Um, So there's some, there's some fun information. That's a little nugget. All right. If you had an additional $10,000 handed to you right now, where would you spend it in your business? 
Oh man, it's already accounted for. Uh, you can't, it's kind of hard to see behind me, but we have, um, people that we're looking at hiring. And so, um, yeah, right now we're about to, you know, how Gary Vaynerchuk has D rock, you know, following around yeah. with the camera, just doing whatever it takes to get him to show up everywhere. We're about to fill a similar, similar role for that. Uh, potentially bring on fractional COO, uh, a fractional CMO. Um, uh, we're looking at tech that is like, uh, in the tens of thousands. So, um, it's funny just how, how you know, that 10,000 be gone real quick. So let's just say that. <laughs> Maybe I should have said 100,000. <laughs> <laughs> what is yeah. one thing you're excited about right now, Jimmy? Um, yeah, I mean, shoot, we're just in a, we're in a fun spot where uh, I feel like we're about to, to hockey stick. We've been in, investing a lot into the foundation of our product, making sure our product is really good so that on the front end, our marketing, we can just really open the floodgates. And um uh, we're coming towards the tail end of of needing to keep those floodgates closed and and really just open them up. And uh, we're, we don't really lack interest for our services. So um, it's just a matter of how many we can take on at once. And uh, we're really excited to see where that goes. Right now we have about nine employees and we're thinking that in the next year we might have over a hundred. So it's just going to be a lot of challenge, a lot of growth, a lot of excitement. And uh, yeah, it's, a lot of things going on right now. A lot of life right now. Cool, man. Uh, what is one thing I didn't ask but should have? Oh, yo, yo, Um, Maybe, maybe uh, you know, it's something I always forget to do is giving people the story behind how the strategy came about, right? Um, and I, I, I infused it in certain places, but obviously that's how you get people to even care about where the strategy came from. But um, you know, for what it's worth, I'll go ahead and answer like, how did this strategy come about? Basically, I was a financial advisor uh, and I'm from a small town called Waynesboro, Virginia. And I wanted to work with C-level executives, entrepreneurs, just, you know, high performing people. And there just wasn't a lot to go around in that small town. So I started just going online and goofing off and, you know, testing things out, spamming people and uh, <laughs> seeing what worked. And, uh, and eventually, I, I, uh, after just like, I, some people think I'm creative. It sometimes it's just more of uh, persistence. And, uh, I kept playing the numbers game and figuring that out and tweaking things and eventually, you know, developed this way where I could, um, I could get my prospects to send me messages first on a repetitive basis. You know, I started getting 20 inbound messages a day from people in my target market and, uh, and then being able to scale it from that. And so, uh, so that's, that's a lot of how this came about. And I realized that there's a lot of industries where people really value being able to obviously get a steady flow of results coming in every day on a predictable basis, but not have to do it in a way that compromises their reputation. And, uh, um, I, I took that, uh, took that and applied it to a medical startup company. Um, it, we generated a couple million dollars in the first year for that, uh, doubled the size of our sales team from almost 25 to from 25 to almost 50 salespeople in the first year, uh, easily created an extra eight figures in revenue um, for that company from a lot of this process the next year by teaching it to other people. Other people started asking how, uh, like how we're doing this thing on LinkedIn. I taught them. They said it was way better than what everyone else was teaching them that they paid a lot of money for. So it gave me the confidence to launch a course and eventually leave that startup that I had equity in and, and leave all that on the table. And, um, 
what's cool is like that was February 15th, 2019. That I left that company and, um, it's like, we've grown super fast. Like you just heard like where we're going over this next year. And, uh, it's, it's a little crazy. Like all the things that happened last year, the type of companies we're able to work with. Um, and, uh, uh, it, I, I, I tell, I tell some of that story too, just so if someone's listening who they're a team of one a year ago, it was just Jimmy, by the way, <laughs> grow and give was just Jimmy <laughs> Coleman one year ago. And, uh, I think it's important for people to know that if they're in a similar situation too. So. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, that's one thing I definitely need to integrate in the, in the next interview. What is one crazy thing business has made you do? Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I, when I was at this medical startup company, uh, it's yeah. So, uh, I remember there was a, uh, a company, uh, we, we were selling to doctors, right? So, um, there's this doctor's office that was having a blood drive and they weren't like, they weren't on it, you know, like they weren't like getting back to us. Like they, they showed interest in doing business with us, but like they were just taking forever to respond to emails. So I showed up to the blood drive and got my blood drawn. Um, and like, I hate it. It was like, it just felt weird. I'm probably never doing that again. Sorry for people who need blood, but like, uh, I did that. And, and what's awesome is like, she gave me the report that I kept emailing her, asking her for at that, at that event. Um, and, uh, so but yeah, it's like, as I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, like <laughs> I'm going to pass I'm, out. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like the things I'm doing for money, right? Like <laughs> as I'm having blood come out of my arm, um, cause it was not out of the, out of the kindness of my heart at all. So, oh man, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, what is the, your favorite app on your phone? No one's heard about. Oh shoot. Um, everyone's heard of audible. It's a good one. Um, let's see here. Bomb bomb is pretty cool. Um, so bomb bomb is basically like if you want to, yeah, it's B O M B B O M B. Um, and it's technically an app, but it's, it's more known for the website It's basically a platform for you to send emails to people that have video in them. So, um, it gets people, it gets it to stand out a little more. Like if you want to send something to a guy named Bob and you want to make sure that Bob actually reads it, you can, you know, start the video with, um, a thing right here and, and it says like, Hey Bob. And, uh, in the first, if you, as long as that's in the first three seconds, they'll see that and they'll know that it's meant for them. And, um, uh, yeah, bomb bomb is super cool. It's a really neat tool. I recommend gotcha. people use. Yeah. yeah I've, I've heard of, um, lit, I think it's limblist. Yeah. Limblist yeah. is another one. Um, cool. So where once again, can people go and find out more about what you're doing? Uh, leadballer.com. Or just look me up on LinkedIn, Jimmy Coleman. Awesome, man. Jimmy, thanks for coming on the show. We'll talk soon. Thanks, buddy. There you have it. That was Jimmy Coleman. And what he's doing on LinkedIn is, is super valuable. Um, I hope you got value out of this. Hopefully, it's something you can go and implement in any platform. If you're wanting to scale your business, personal brand, you know, whatever it is, hopefully, you got some, uh, some value here. Uh, once again, that was Jimmy Coleman, leadballer.com. And then just look up on LinkedIn, Jimmy Coleman. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Business Made Me Do It podcast. Cue the outro. Oh, 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 oh,